Life Happens with Pinelo Modine. So something that we have maybe just taken our eye off is that we had 2020 targets for HIV and AIDS. And uh, this was a commitment. We were hoping to drop the number of AIDS, uh, HIV infections and, and a whole long list of things. And um, that target, we I th- I'm afraid I don't think we are meeting that target. And uh, we just decided to get in touch with UNAID to just give us a sense of just how far off we are from meeting our targets. Tim Martineau is a Deputy Executive Director and Management at Governance and Governance at UNAID. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Tim. Welcome to the show. You're welcome and thanks, thanks for having me on. So how far off are we from meeting our 2020 targets? Um, well, what the report shows us is that we just released last week was really that there are amazing, great successes, but it's also really a significantly uneven in the way that their successes have been achieved and as a consequence yeah we're a long long way away from the targets and it's really a need to galvanize and focus attention back on the AIDS response. Let's just Uh, look back at what the targets were just a brief look at what the targets were so that we can uh, sure yeah sure sure in 2016 member states of the UN agreed to 10 key targets for treatment, for prevention, for financing, for rights and for the removal of stigma and discrimination uh, in the AIDS response. And they were called the fast track targets. And they were really to get on top of the epidemic as as we're talking now in terms of COVID-19, but get ahead of the curve of the epidemic and really sort of push new infections down and and scale up treatment Mm. coverage. Mm. And and as you said, you know, it's unequal. The progress has been so unequal. What caused that inequality? Well, HIV, I'm afraid like many, many uh, diseases, it sort of finds fault lines where, where there are, where there is poverty, where there is inequality in status and and you know you can look at uh, adolescent girls and young women in eastern southern africa i heard your previous uh, um, participant talking about gender-based violence you know if you look at eastern southern africa four and a half thousand new hiv infections among adolescent girls and young women each week and that sort of really speaks to power and to to the ability to to access services and rights and knowledge Um, so there's a, there's a real critical issue in, in relation to those kind of aspects. And, and, and when you look at those and those who've done well under those circumstances, what can we learn? Uh, you've got to be bold. You have to deal with rights-related issues. We're still very concerned that we're seeing an increasingly high level of, uh, of epidemic amongst what we call key populations, men who have sex with men, sex workers, and, and people who use drugs particularly. Uh, and you need to put in place policies and and, pro- and services that so that people can access services and follow the science and not follow, um, you know, uh, the c- concern about the the the, the sort of the the, the rights related issues of these of, for, for these population groups. It's absolutely key. And you do see success. I want to stress mm. countries like Eswatini, yeah. South Africa, Lesotho, where you've had high coverage. You have really, really significant success. South Africa has reduced new infections by 53%. Mm. 
So, you know, you really can see significant progress when those programs are taken to scale. You know, you mentioned following the signs, um, and I want to just bring that up because in, in most instances, some of these problems arise because of belief systems, not necessarily following the signs. And to what extent have we seen that impact on societies where belief systems are key, where people believe certain things, that if you have a relationship or you have sexual relations with a young woman, you may be cured. And, and I mean, those bizarre kind of mythical ideas about how to how to prevent yourself from getting ill or how to cure yourself from getting ill from HIV and AIDS to what extent has that affected progress you know I, I think I, I think one of the key key issues still really is around stigma and discrimination and people's ability to, to access services we, we our recent research suggested that roughly 25 countries where we did a survey you know you have more than 50% of the adults who report, you know, discriminatory attitudes towards people living with HIV. Mm. 80 countries where you criminalize some form of HIV transmission. Mm. 70 countries that criminalize same-sex relationships. Uh, Sex workers criminalized in over 100 countries. So these kind of attitudes and beliefs are are really sort of quite deeply embedded in in the legal system Mm. and, and need to be challenged and addressed. And, you, you know, what, what, what that means is that people living with HIV, that they, they are feeling discriminated against. They mm-hmm. won't access services mm-hmm. uh, and, and, they, and they, won't, they won't continue to use those services once, once, they're, once they're available. Uh, so these, they're, those are really key set of issues. And, and what's interesting about what you've just mentioned is that because of the stigma, then what then happens is that even if there is this perceived access, uh, accessibility to medicines and so on, yeah. if the person doesn't themselves present themselves and therein lies yeah. therein lies a problem yes absolutely and and i think you i think you're, you're spot on and i think related to that is an issue around the support for community groups and, and civil society organizations who are often so important in terms of being a, an effective interface between uh, the patient the person living with hiv uh, and the health facility and accessing that care and those services from, from your experience, Tim, what usually is, is more effective, the top-down approach or ground-up approach in terms of removing the stigma that we're talking about? Uh, I, listen, I don't think you can say one more than the other. I mm. think they're both absolutely essential. And, and I think, you, you know, we, we as the AIDS response perhaps highlight two things more than any others, and that one is definitely the need for political leadership and mm. to be bold and to be brave and, sp- and speak out on these issues. But obviously you need side-by-side side with that the community responses, the activism, the continuing support for people living with HIV and, 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 uh, and can vulnerable groups. Tim Martineau, thank you so much for giving us that update. Really appreciate the time that you've given us, Tim Martineau, Deputy Executive Director, Management and Governance at UNAID, as we look at how far we are with those 2020 targets, uh, HIV and AIDS targets that were put up uh, in back in 2016 by a couple of countries, and they had 10 key targets. And uh, South Africa is not doing too badly, but we still need to do more. My concern, though, is we've got a pandemic that we faced with and how that pandemic is going to affect the targets going ahead, nobody knows, nobody knows at all.